Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to episode 235 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. As we mentioned before, June is National Men's Health Month, and that's why in last couple of years, during the month of June, we have been focusing on bringing awareness to issues related to men's sexual health. This is the last episode in this series, and in this episode, I'm answering some of your questions about male sexual functioning. For this month, I created a checklist of the items that you can do to make sure that you you will have lifelong health uh, when it comes to your erectile functioning. If you're interested and curious about this list, Go down to our show notes and click on the link and make sure you're claiming your list today. In this episode, I'm answering two questions about erectile functioning. The first one is about delayed ejaculation and the second one is about maintaining one's erection and role play. So as most of you guys know, I recently launched this course called Bedroom Fizzle to Sizzle. The registration is closed. I just finished the last VIP coaching session with a lovely couple that made tons of progress yesterday. I was so excited to see the progress they made. As part of the course, I met with people as I was developing the course for with founding members. And we had this initial meeting back in late April and I learned about the couples, their needs, and I did two group coaching calls and some of them, they purchased VIP package that included an individual session. And I was at awe of how much progress these couples made. And the question I'm answering today comes from the one of the students. And this is an honesty question that I got many, many times from my listeners here. It's about delayed ejaculation. And I wasn't sure whether to talk about it here or not, it's because it's one of the least understood challenges that men have. For everything else, we have a very clear path, relatively clear path in tackling it. But when it comes to delayed ejaculation, there there haven't been that many protocols on how to address it. But I made the promise to this couple that I'm going to look into it and I'm going to record this episode. So I did a deep, deep dive into this topic and I'm going to share some of the founding that I got from the research and based on my approaches with clients and have been tackling it. So this is the dilemma that they this couple had, that the, this is a heterosexual couple and the male partner is not able to experience orgasm ejaculate inside the female partner and based on what they reported regardless of the duration of penetration the only way the partner experiences an orgasm is through touching him touching himself so it's as a form of kind of a stimulation and it seems like they had this routine for years of him doing that 
that it was working for the couple, but it seems like right now they would like to have this shared experience of him ejaculating inside her. And I already shared with you in previous episode that 60 to 70% of the people who registered for uh, my course are fellow healthcare providers. So these are not people that they don't have a resource or information about this. But the reason that I'm going more in depth about the common issues that people have, some of the psychological, physiological contributing factor is that because I got these questions for so many years from our listeners. So now that I'm finally answering this question, I want to make sure that I'm answering it for everyone who sent me questions. So this, if if you are that couple that listening to this episode, part of these answers might be relevant to you, but partly I'm giving some background information for other listeners that are struggling with this issue. So let's talk about the challenges around erectile function in overall and ejaculation and how common it is. This very interesting study that was done, it was a survey of 12,815 US and European men aged 50 years or older. And what the authors found in this uh, study that 30% of men between age 50 and 59 struggled with ejaculation, uh, whether it was premature ejaculation or delayed ejaculation. And a majority, which was 50.2% of these men reported being bothered and it's impacting their sexual satisfaction with their partner. So it, it is an issue if it's impacting 30% of these population. So let's talk about what is delayed ejaculation. Uh, so we, we call this a challenge, it's a delayed ejaculation, if the issue happens around 70 to 100% of time that you have this sexual experience with your partner in last six months. I usually don't like to talk about how long is the median of the time that men usually last because one person to another person based on their age is very different. But I feel if we're talking about delayed ejaculation, it's important to talk about what are the ranges? So there was this study that they looked at the a median amount of time that it takes men to ejaculate after penetration. The study found that the median is 5.4 minutes in the normal subject, quote unquote normal subject. And the range was between 4 to 10 minutes after penetration. So if you are within that range, you are considered to be within normal. The reason I'm bringing this up as far as the duration is that I feel because of the images we've been seeing in porn and misinformation in the media, sometimes men have unrealistic expectation of how long it's supposed to take them to ejaculate. I have men that they think they have premature ejaculation, that they are within a normal range. And I have clients that they feel they have delayed ejaculation because they they learned and they heard about this inaccurate number about how long how long after penetration they they need to have an ejaculation. So this is the range based on the study. And the most important thing is that it is a delayed ejaculation if you are distressed. So if this is not something that bothers you, then this perhaps is not a disorder. 
Let's talk about what are some of the contributing causes to this struggle. Well, there are three categories of contributing factors. We have physical factors, psychological factors, and relational factors. Based on my conversation with this couple, it doesn't seem like the physical issue was was the challenge that they had. But some of the physical causes that may lead to delayed ejaculation is if you had any procedure disease that disrupted your nervous system. Perhaps you had a spinal cord injury or MS, or even if you have pelvic region surgery that can impact your ability to ejaculate. If you have severe diabetes, alcohol can impact and interfere with your ejaculation and ability to experience an orgasm. Medication also sometimes have this side effect. So if you're taking SSRI antidepressant, those can lead to some challenges at time for men to experience the experience and women orgasm and ejaculate. Some other medication that can lead to delay ejaculation are high blood pressure medication, antipsychotic drugs, some actually hair growth medication, like the medication that some men take for baldness, and interestingly, decreased sensation of your penis that can lead to delayed ejaculation. Sometimes with aging, our penis sensitivity changes, and that can be a factor. Let's talk about some psychological causes. Sometimes when we have guilt or shame about sex, that can be the reason. And interestingly, what I found time after time with my clients, that at times we we like something that we feel shameful about. I have clients that they have a sexual desire that quote-unquote is not considered normal. And those fantasies are the only way that they will able to experience an orgasm and have an ejaculation but they feel so shameful about it. They don't talk about it with their partner and it's important for them to remain focused on that. So when they are during penetration, they might get distracted. So that can be the reason. Also, the other interesting factor is sometimes when we have a few negative experiences around sex, uh, then it can turn to a self-fulfilling prophecy. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen couples getting stuck in a bad loop we had like once for any number of the reasons I mentioned, even could be physical reasons. Maybe we were under influence of certain drugs and then we had bad experiences. We were not able to ejaculate. We were not able to experience orgasm. And that can turn to this, it can hook us in this anxiety loop and it can get in a way of us and it can get in a way of us having good sexual experiences. Sometimes relational issues also can impact delayed or lead to delayed ejaculation. Sometimes we can see that our partner is not interested in us. Maybe we have some resentment toward the partner. Again, this is not the case with the couple because that's not what I heard from my students. But it's sometimes when there is something about our partner changed and we no longer find them attractive. So there are a number of different reasons that can lead to delayed ejaculation. I have clients that after betrayal, uh, that's a challenge that, that the man had. So actually two different cases, one that the wife cheated and that created some challenge for, for the partner. And the other case was that the, 
the male partner cheated and after they went to therapy and all of doing all lots of good work still he was feeling conflicted about his uh, sexual experience with the partner he was thinking about the ex-partner and that was the reason that it was hard for him to concentrate and being able to experience the orgasm again not the case with this couple but i'm just trying to be broad so cover uh, so i want to make sure that i'm covering all of different bases I've seen many times it's, it can impact the f- uh, partner, whether it's a female partner or male partner, because when we see our partner is not able to ejaculate inside us, we might think, okay, perhaps they think we're not attractive enough or they're not interested in us or what's wrong with me. And all of these stories that shows up for, for us that might not be accurate at all, uh, that can impact the relationship. So I think if that's the case, it's important to talk about it with our partner, that what is the story that I'm telling myself based on this experience? And is this a helpful story? Is it functional for our relationship or if it's not functional? And what can we do to change this dance, this script? Because it's it's important to make sure that we're not necessarily getting hooked on the wrong stories. Something that I see a lot with my male clients, I struggle with delayed ejaculation, that it's more about their style of masturbation so they they masturbate in a way that's that's not replicable with the partner and that's the only way as far as the pressure the stroke and the speed and that's that's only about the st- sensation and stimulation it's not about the partner so again it's important to check, fact check our stories to make sure that if that's the case then it has nothing to do with us but i'm going to talk about some strategies on how to tackle this but it's important to think about that so we are not necessarily letting an inaccurate thought impact our self-esteem. So let's talk about how do we know if it's an issue. I think it's important to think about it, that again, if you're bothered about it, if it's happened often, my invitation for you is to go to your physician and also sex therapist to work through it. Some of the thing to question to think about is that what is the frequency of your masturbation? So sometimes when we are, our frequency is higher, then that can impact our ability to ejaculate. It's because we perhaps could be in a refractory period. So our body is not ready to ejaculate again. And again, how do you masturbate? Is the technique that you're having with masturbation, is it something that your partner can replicate with mouth, hand, or with penetration, vaginal penetration? And also thinking about in what way does the stimulation you're providing yourself during masturbation is different than your partner's styles, and in terms of speed, pressure, talk to them about it and guide them and coach them. This is what I do. So, and kind of like get creative. How can we create this? If it's, it's, if you're, we want to recreate it during intercourse, how can we create that? And I think it's also important to be honest and authentic about the stimulation we want. Many men, at least based on what I see in my practice, they fail to communicate their preferences to their partner or even at times with their doctors because of their shame and embarrassment 
because we have this idea of what sex need to look like and uh, when we need a different kind of a stimulation then that that can bring up some disappointment or we feel there's something wrong with us so i think that's important to keep in mind so this is my recommendation Again, the parts of it might apply to you, parts of it might not apply to you, but I would be curious to see if this might be useful. First of all, I've had good experience with prescribing men to not masturbate for like 60 to 90 days as you're doing this with your partner, because when you are limiting your orgasmic release to your partner sex, that can help with building up of sexual tension. And we're not even using our hand we're changing that dynamic. So if we were like uh, during penetration, uh, we were using our hand afterward, we're not masturbating and our focus on release will be only through penetration or it could be toward our partner stimulating us. If there's no way that you know that there is no way for you to be able to ejaculate yet with with your inside your partner, then that could be an alternative. I had some men that they refused to stop masturbating. Again, I'm not against masturbation. I think masturbation is healthy, uh, wonderful. It's a wonderful parts of our sexual health. But if you're practicing to be able to uh, to or ejaculate with our partner, then that's important to follow this guideline. But if you're one of the people that masturbation is important for you and you're, you don't want to seize it, then my invitation for you is switch hand. So choose switch hand or use another toy that resembles what you're experiencing during your partner sex. One of the recommendations I gave this couple was to perhaps at times, even if they don't want to seize the masturbation, then experiment with flashlights. So thinking about, okay, I'm going to use flashlight, which would be similar to my partner's genital to help myself to adjust to a different kind of a stimulation. And more importantly, I want you to talk about if there's a desire that you're not sharing with your partner, I invite you to talk about it with your partner. I perhaps invite you to talk about your sexual fantasies. Like there's nothing wrong to think about fantasies to bring you into the mood. So if you feel comfortable uh, talking about it with your partner or perhaps you can role play it so you don't need to be hyper-focused on ejaculation on yourself. Maybe you can have it as part of interaction with a partner. Also, there are lots of interesting sex toys that can increase the intensity of couples play during penetration. Just I had this conversation last week with a couple in my practice that they wanted to incorporate this toy that was vibrating and the partner said, I cannot, male partner cannot use it because now I have premature ejaculation. So if you're experimenting with those toys, it can help you to get additional stimulation and that can help you to be able to ejaculate. Again, these are all just suggestions. It's my experience that it's at times a try and error. So kind of, I want you to choose the technique that works for you and uh, let me know how that perhaps useful before I go to the next question that came from listeners that if you are in a relationship and you want to take your relationship to the next level or if you are having some desire discrepancy with your partner make sure you're entering your information for our waiting list for this course I heard so many great feedback from our students 
one couple was just telling me that she felt it was a deal of century. So if you are interested, make sure you're entering your information on a waiting list. So when we'll open the course, you will get notified. I don't think I'm going to open the course for next three months because I gave it my all. I want to make sure it's available to you when it's open. So you can go to the show notes and enter your information. All right. Second question. It came from one of our listeners. She said, Dear Dr. Moali, first of all, I like to say that I love your podcast. It has been a wealth of information advice and has helped me learn a lot about myself and my sexuality. I do have a question that I love to hear, to hear your opinion on. My partner is able to get and retain a healthy, good erection and can orgasm during any type of sexual stimulation, hand jobs, oral, even just putting lube on my body and rubbing himself back and forth on me. But he quickly and consistently loses his erection during penetration. The only time he's able to maintain an erection during PIV sex is in role play situation where I'm pretending to be someone other than myself. I'm wondering what exactly is going on here and what we can do to help him maintain his erection during PIV sex. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you so much for listening to my show. Thank you so much for sharing your feedback with us. I want to talk to you about the story that you're telling yourself about this role play situation. Are you curious because you're just curious or you're telling yourself that maybe he's not attracted to me and he wants me to be someone else and that's an issue? Because a role play can be a really good way of spicing your relationship. But I hear what you're saying, that you feel that it's it's hard for him to get an erection unless you guys are doing the specific foreplay. Sometimes this might not apply to you guys, but some of my clients are stuck in this love and loss dynamic. And it's hard for them to desire their partner because for them, love is opposite of lust. It's hard to want some desire, something that you have. So in order for them to switch the mindset is that they almost need to do engage in these role plays. And that can be a healthy and okay thing. I tell people to have this way of transitioning in your sexual context. So you're kind of switching from the role of parents to parents or parents to child, if you're parents or friend to friend to a lover to lover. I I wonder about if you're feeling comfortable about this role play or not, because I have clients that they they, they have resentment about role play. This is not something they like. They're doing it just because their partner, that's the only way that they're able to experience an orgasm or they, they're able to get an erection. But I would ask them about their fantasies and talking about, is that something that, where is this coming from? Sometimes when I understand our partner's fantasies, that can help us to be open to it more. And also I encourage you to negotiate with your partner and make it like do this role play in a way that's hot for you. One of the homework that I do with my clients in my practice, I ask them to do almost improv exercises. So you're, it's, you're doing a yes and exercise. We're starting with doing it outside the bedroom. So your partner started with a script of saying that this is what we're doing. And you're saying, and yes, and you're adding 
your own twist to it so it can be satisfying for both so i think if if that is something that you you want to add like you want to add your own twist to it that's absolutely okay too as far as the penetration losing erection during penetration there are a number of different things you can do i hear that you're saying that he doesn't have the issue with other types of stimulation i would be i first of all of course talk to him about what's happening so not not in a way of course that shame him i think that honey i'm curious to see that it seems like it's easier for you to be able to maintain an erection we're having a oral sex or we're doing job hand job tell me more about what happens during penetration so something that can help you to understand what happens it's my experience that sometimes it's about the position that you guys are in some positions are harder for men to maintain erection so i would start with exploring different positions one of the interesting position that christopher recommended in our previous episode he called it yabyam which comes from tantra and this is a position that male partner sits crossed leg and and you will straddle him uh, you're putting your legs wrapped around his hips and you are in control of the movement it's i recommend that you put some pillow or blanket underneath so you're comfortable but because you're in such a tight position it can help him to last longer and don't be don't be shy to use different position and see what happens also it's my experience sometimes men when they are using a cock ring which is a ring that it's a toy that's a ring that you put at the base of your penis can help them to maintain an erection so i would be curious to to see if that's something that would be useful for for him and for you these these were few suggestions that came to my mind again thank you so much for listening to our show and if you have further questions please let me know so we can kind of answer them if you guys our listeners have a feedback for this couple any of these two scenarios i would love to hear your thoughts and also if you have a question and you want us to answer it make sure you are recording your voice at sexologypodcast.com or you can shoot us an email and ask your question at drmaali at oasis2care.com. If you have been listening to this show, it means a lot to me if you take a moment and write us a review wherever you're listening to this show. It will help us to reach a broader audience and also the feedback is useful for me to give you the content that you find useful. All right, I'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to the Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.